We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Three. We're reacting to week 11 of NFL action on Roto-Viz Radio. What's up, Roto-Viz? Welcome into the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Show. I'm Dave Cabin alongside Curtis Patrick. We're two of the owners here at Rotoviz. I actually had to pause there for a second and make sure that it actually was already a review of week 11. Cannot believe that Thanksgiving week is here. Um, apologies to all listeners. We were not able to record an episode to come out on Friday of last week. I know we did get a couple of questions. We're going to roll those through. Uh, to another episode this week. Curtis, I cannot believe we are at the point where we're already in the Thanksgiving week and this fantasy season just marches along. Yeah. Yeah, man. We've got, uh, as we're recording tonight, um, we've got a, a stellar, a stellar matchup between the New York Giants and uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. <laughs> There's some intrigue with Saquon Barkley um, being active. So, um, we'll have plenty to react to on on that front later this week, and I know we've got a lot of Team Rotoviz squads uh, amongst the ownership team that that feature Saquon and have been competitive without him. So we're we're pumped to get him back, Dave. I do want to share with the listeners because I I talk about this on my Twitter feed um, occasionally, and I've mentioned it in an article or two in the past. Um, this past weekend was the Ohio State Raw Federation Powerlifting. Championship. Oh, nice, nice. Yep. And, and uh, last spring, uh, my pops and I in the Tri-State Championship, I uh, remember as a father-son, uh, each one titles there in the Ohio, uh, Michigan, and PA Championship. And I am pleased, very pleased to share that no one uh, gained more strength more quickly than us. And so we were able to, as you would expect, after winning the Tri-State, we were able to win uh, just the Ohio State uh, Championship this past weekend, my pops um, with new state records in the age 60 plus bench press nice. and strict curl new state records. Uh, really proud of him. And Dave, yours truly top 10 in the world for the 198 weight uh, weight class uh, in the strict curl. So very, very exciting, man. Uh, great, great weekend. And we met our goals, baby. We met our goals. Wow. That is uh an incredible yeah. achievement. Congratulations on that. Um, 
you know, this is just the type of stuff that happens over here at Rotoviz, right? World records, you name it. Well, um, yeah, hey, man, let's just get right into uh, the happenings of, of week 11. Um, I, I need the drop. I need the drop. Yes. Yes. I cannot name my dad or myself here. So, um, man, uh, outstanding performance of the week. It's got to be Jonathan Taylor. It's got to be Jonathan Taylor. One of the only 50 plus point uh, PPR performances by running back of all time. This was the type of game that everyone's been salivating over, just dreaming about for Jonathan Taylor. Over 30 carries, uh, also caught a trio um, of receptions and five touchdowns. So, um, you know, the former Wisconsin Badger finally now dominating the NFL, just like he did in college football. And Dave, I want to give an honorable mention. I don't normally do this, but would you care to guess pending Monday night football results, who the overall QB one is in (laughs) fantasy football? I mean, is it Jalen Hurts? Yes, it's Jalen Hurts, man. Three rushing touchdowns uh, this weekend. All of a sudden has the Philadelphia Eagles looking like a hot team. And every week I see more and more beats and more and more national writers start to get on the maybe Jalen Hurts is the long term answer train. Um, So congrats to that young man and uh, his three rushing touchdowns and his fantasy managers are pumped. No doubt. What do you have for a snoozer? Oh boy, this poor fella had quite the rough. It's not every week we talk about a player that played on a Thursday, and I'm not bringing this up just because his team played against the Patriots, but good God, (laughs) Matt Ryan, 153 passing yards, no touchdowns, (laughs) two interceptions, and his team was held scoreless, uh, 2.1 fantasy points in most leagues. Not an inspiring performance, and that is good enough to get him the snoozer of the week. Because if you played Matt Ryan, you're getting those two points from your quarterback position. You are not thrilled. Yeah, man. It's Matty Ice Cold for sure. All right. Let's hit some game notes. I want to start in Green Bay. Mm. We always find it interesting to look at this team and question if there is going to be a real number two that emerges at the wide receiver position. Marquez Valdez-Scantling, six targets this week. Devonta Adams led the team with eight. Surprisingly, A.J. Dillon also had six targets. Everybody else was at two or less. If you have not been following the team, you might be inclined to think that perhaps MVS has seen an uptick in targets and has started to uh, fill a role of a wide receiver too. I am here to remind everyone that with this team, there might just not be, or there just might not be a wide receiver too. In the dwindling era of Aaron Rodgers, the interesting thing is if you plot this team out by week, even including the Jordan Love week, you just don't see a real number two option emerge. Week eight. This was a game that did not have Adams. Jawan Winfrey leads the team with six targets, followed by Randall Cobb at five, Tunyon at four. Jordan loves week, week nine, 14 targets for Adams, five for Cobb, everybody else at two or less. Week 10, Rodgers is back. Adams, 11 targets, Cobb four, everybody else at two. Week 11, Adams at eight targets, MVS at 10, and um, 
everybody else at two. So sorry, I might have said MVS with six targets at the top of this. So he actually led the team with 11. You had Adams at eight. Then AJ yeah. Dillon at six. Just crazy to me that this team, we never see a true wide receiver to, uh, you know, really cement a role there. Yeah, I, um, this is a great way um, to kind of screen. Now, Marquez Valdez-Scantling um, is coming back from injury. And so, you know, th- those who maybe watched him heat up toward the end of last season uh, might argue that it's just taking him a, a bit to get his legs under him and then he will emerge. But over the last three weeks uh, since he returned, I mean, he's trailing Devonte Adams 33 to 14 in terms of targets. So, um, you know, the larger sample size really does um, speak volumes about what's actually happening in the offense. Um, he has been known to blow. I mean, when he has a big week, I mean, he can, he can challenge for wide receiver, you know, one low end wide receiver, one status in PPR leagues for sure. Um, so you can do worse than, you know, rotating him through your flex, especially in games, you know, figure, uh, not to be Packers, um, blowouts. Um, you know, I mean, Rogers just went insane in this game, 383 passing yards, four touchdowns, uh, really, really interesting game. Um, I, you know, MVS, the play there all along was late best ball shares and difficult to trust and redraft. Uh, you know, definitely a rotational flex in those deeper dynasty leagues for sure. Um, I was lucky enough to fortunate enough or maybe unfortunate enough to have to start him uh, in a couple of weeks this past week and, you know, paid off handsomely. So, but, but I do appreciate you pointing, uh, pointing us in the direction of, you know, wide receiver two of the Packers is more an area where you're likely to get burned. Um, so we're, we're going to need to see another week, at least I would need to see another, like a second consecutive week of six plus MVS targets to start feeling good about it. Yeah, for sure. And then, you know, again, it's just notable to see AJ Dillon in a game where he gets to mm-hmm. run as the RB one with that uh, target share. Pretty impressive for him. What do you have for us over in the AFC, Curtis? Well, let's check in on the Chiefs here for a minute. Um, you know, we had a lot going on in, in Kansas City this week with uh, Clyde edwards Elaire returning. And, you know, for me, that was a, a big watch spot because, you know, what would happen? The team has seen, you know, some success uh, using other players in his absence, but he came back and he had 65% of the running back opportunity uh, over 16 PPR. You know, it was really just um, all the touches were funneled to either him uh, or Daryl Williams out of the backfield. So the, the Chiefs offense still sputtering a bit just 19 points. You know, the Cowboys offense has been or defense rather has been forcing a lot of turnovers this season. Um, but I, I would have expected more than 19 points from them. And of course the Cowboys lay an egg coming back the other direction as well. But if you're a Clyde Edwards, you manager, you know, you're extremely encouraged by this. Um, it's actually one of his better games of the season after the long layoff and other players looking good. So if nothing else, Patrick's Patrick Mahomes struggles in the, the passing offense, um, you know, being inconsistent, you know, perhaps the success of the other runners um, has been more scheme based, or perhaps that's what Eric Bieniemy and Andy Reid think. Um, and so, plugging Edward Delaire right back into that and seeing you know similar success uh, certainly an encouraging sign as we head towards the fantasy playoffs. Yeah, I was glad that you mentioned him because he was a player I did talk about a fair amount heading into the season. Uh, like you said. As a manager with him on your roster, you do have to feel encouraged that he already gets thrust back into that role. And, you know, albeit not the most exciting performance of all time, but for a first game back, hard to complain with that. 
It's interesting too, as we think about the Chiefs and the Cowboys, just from more of a like a zoomed out non-fantasy perspective, just doesn't feel to me like we have a lot of juggernaut teams this year that you can definitively say this team is going far in the playoffs. Feels a lot more wide open to me than seasons I remember in a long time, Curtis. Yeah, um, I actually, I don't really do this too often because I can usually just keep track of it in my head. Um, you know, 32 teams isn't really that much to sort out, especially the the beautiful eight, you know, eight division, four teams <laughs> per format. But I found myself not really having a good handle in my head on what the playoff pictures looked like in each conference. And I mean, this early in the season to already have the, the team with the best record already have two losses and that being an Arizona team um, that's missed, you know, multiple games from Kyler Murray. It just is really an odd season uh, for sure. And man, you start to look at the the race for the six seed in either conference. Good luck. Um, it's, it's a good thing. We have more games left to go because uh, otherwise there would be some heartbreaking uh, tiebreakers, but just based off of, you know, uh, out to the thousands, thousands of uh, percentage point and tiebreakers. Yeah, so looking forward to seeing how this finishes. Let's move back to the NFC, where I want to take a minute to talk about Mark Ingram, um, a name that I wasn't mm. expecting to be talking about at this point in the season, especially yeah. uh, as a player filling in for Alvin Kamara. He has actually been uh, pretty decent in his four-game stretch uh, in New Orleans has 45 attempts in that stretch, 205 yards. That's 4.6 yards per carry, which I'm sure the coaches are happy with. One rushing touchdown, 22 targets, 17 receptions, and a target share of 14.9. Keep in mind, in two of those games, Alvin was playing. In the games without, he's seen 15 rushes per, put up 135 yards in those two games. Again, that's four and a half yards per carry. One touchdown, 15 targets, 10 receptions, in a target share, Curtis, of 21%. So this is absolutely wild how um, impressive it's been that you're able to slide Mark Ingram back there into a role in this Saints offense that is lacking Drew Brees this year. At this point, lacking Jameis Winston does not have Michael Thomas. Uh, Pretty impressive stuff there. But what I also want to highlight here is for as good as things have been for Ingram, Uh, You see an interesting thing shaking out in the wide receiver core, and that is Adam Troutman has been the most targeted player on the team through the last four games. Unfortunately, he exited in the fourth quarter with an injury. I actually do not know, or let me say it like this. Since I pulled together this outline, I did not see any news that addressed if there was any serious concerns about Troutman. So I'm actually going to look this up online while we're recording here. He is out now four to six weeks with a sprained MCL. So you're left with Traquan Smith, who's been at 22 targets, Marquez Calloway, 19, and Deontay Harris, 24 through the last four weeks. It's a bummer because it looked like Troutman, a player that a lot of people have been having hope for, thinking that at some point he could kind of break through, is now out. Let's approach this conversation like this. Troutman had been leading in targets. They have to go somewhere now. Are any of these wide receivers more interesting than they would have been before? My gut instinct here is that it's hard to really shoot any of them up boards. Um, 
which is unfortunate. And it probably, this is just another thing that kind of dampens this offense. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, I mean, who are my choices again? <laughs> I mean, that's that's kind of my yeah. That is uh, that's you know, it just stinks that Michael Thomas. Um, but we don't have any updates there. You know, I mean, it's all set up. The team's desperate. You know, they're they're in a slide. Um, that's what they really need. What they really need is their superstar back, and it's not happening. Um, I, I would just totally be in wait and see mode. There's no one that I have a conviction to go after, you know, with, with a material remaining portion of my fab and a redraft. And there's not any, anybody I'm really even all that excited about from like a dynasty perspective yeah. um, here either. It's really just, I think, you know, I appreciate you highlighting Ingram here because I think that's, that's really the thing is I, he, how could you not just be firing him up every week at this point? Um, you have to feel great about it. Um, and I was, I was kind of perusing, the all time, uh, I was going to make some sort of like comparison between Mark Ingram being like the new Frank Gore, um, that he just is just going to be around forever. Like he's, yep. he's just going to pick up that mantle. It's crazy, man. By the end of the season, Ingram has like an out. Uh, that's probably too. He's definitely going to move into the top 50 all time rushing, uh, by the end of the season. And he's probably going to be right in the picture around 45 overall. Um, he's coming up on, you know, Maurice Jones, Drew, D'Angelo Williams, Priest Holmes, Roger Craig, Herschel Walker. These are some of the all time names that he's coming up on. And he's just always kind of been around. Um, but he's, all, you know, he's always been good enough to carve out, you know, a couple hundred carries, 150 plus carries, even as his career wore on. So um, good for him having success in his um, second go around in New Orleans. And that's about the only thing that team has going for it right now. I think that's probably the perfect way to end our segment on New Orleans there. What else do we have going on over in the AFC? Well, let's, uh, I want to hit your Patriots. I'm just going to, I'm going to do it. Look at their backfield. And, you know, we had Damian Harris coming back here and he, he actually lagged to Ramondre Stevenson and I haven't watched that entire game. So I'm not aware of like the carry split, um, across halves. I'm assuming that you probably watched the game and you can give me a little Intel. And if not, We'll figure it out uh, by the next show that we record. But I noticed that Ramondre had 12 rushing attempts um, to Damian Harris's 10. Um, they they had similar efficiency on a, a yards per carry perspective. They each um, garnered one target. And so 
Um, is your assessment that this is a true timeshare? And if so, which player, like you can place one chip, like which one of these two players scores more PPR points the rest of the season, Dave? I would say that I think as of right now, it does look like a true timeshare. Um, the way that this game kind of flowed, you saw it felt to me like Harris was kind of getting the first chance to try and run away with things that didn't necessarily manifest um, mm-hmm. as a result of that until one of these players does something that the coaching staff doesn't like. We're going to be looking at both of them playing each week. Of course, you could get that unprecedented move where all of a sudden, for no apparent reason, one of them is inactive and they, you know, give Brandon Bolden. Or, you know, (laughs) Lord knows who else, some type of crack at this. But uh, right now, I actually am expecting that there's going to be fairly similar usage. But the reason I actually would give Stevenson a slight edge is I think that um, we could see him being used a little bit more in the passing game, give him one or two more opportunities each week to break a big play. uh, And as a result, able to pull that average up a little bit over Harris. So I would actually rather have him down the stretch for that whole package. Uh, if they were only rushing at this point, I'd still prefer Harris. Okay. Yeah, that's good intel. And I want to hit the wide receiver core as well, because we've got kind of a flat distribution that seems to, you know, oscillate game to game to game between Kendrick Bourne, Jacoby Myers and Nelson Aguilar. Um, and, you know, I think Aguilar is probably out there just from a dynasty perspective. He's probably out there hanging out on a lot of rosters because he's had those um, spike weeks and spike partial seasons in the past. Jacoby Myers um, just entering his second year and, you know, was kind of a, a deep rookie flyer favorite of many last season. And he actually had some good um, college uh, peripherals. And so he's on the radar. But Kendrick Bourne, um, the journeyman coming over. Um, actually, uh, by far, uh, the most productive receiver over the last, uh, several weeks, hundred leading the team with 174 receiving yards and 11 receptions over that span. Um, also getting a little bit involved in the, in the rushing game with four attempts for 50 yards. And, you know, I, I like Kendrick Bourne as a, uh, dynasty stash. I, I think in shallower leagues, he could still be out there. I've streamed him, um, across a couple of my rosters recently, and he's involved enough that, you know, you're not going to take a zero. Um, and in a lot of leagues, that's just what you're looking for. We're still not through all of the buys yet. And, uh, you know, he's had, um, several weeks now, you know, with a target share in the teens, we, you know, week nine, 17%, uh, week 10, 16%, week 11, um, let's see week 11, he was at 15%. And so, you know, he's seeing four five, six targets per game. Uh, and seem, seems to be really getting some chemistry going with Mac Jones. So I just wanted to highlight Kendrick Bourne as well as more of a sleeper on the team. Yeah, and the thing that I'd like to add here about New England is this is a team that feels like it's improving continually oh, yeah. as the season moves along, starting to feel like there's a bit more confidence when the team is throwing the way that they're going to deploy the wide receivers, different uh, formations that they might line up in. So I I would advocate for especially in dynasty, if any of these wide receiver pieces are available at a low cost, being on the waiver wire, there's some way you can finagle them into a trade. I think it's worth it because if this team continues to improve, we could reach a point where these are the type of players that though you might not be starting them every week are going to be dependable enough that when you're you know battling that attrition of the season, they make sense to move in. And from a redraft perspective, I also think that you could be looking at a couple of acceptable fill-in performances from all of these wide receivers across the rest of the season. Let's head back to the NFC. 
I want to talk about a player that got a lot of hype in the beginning of the year, was an interesting conversation piece, suffered an injury, but has returned. And that, of course, is George Kittle for the San Francisco yeah. 49ers. Has been back now for three games, recording three touchdowns, mm-hmm. a target share of 24.4, 19 targets. I forget if I said 185 receiving yards uh, for San Francisco. Actually, has the highest air yard share on the team at 29.6 in his last three games. And now we see an elite tight end returning. Exciting to see him getting back into the mix so quickly. But also interesting, Curtis, is how concentrated San Francisco's target share has been in those three games with Kittle back. Debo Samuel, a target share of 20 and a half. Of course, he's also getting work in the rushing game. George Kittle, target share 24.4, tied with Brendan Ayuk at 24.4. Um, from a Whopper perspective, uh, Kittle just edging out Ayuk, who's had a little bit of a resurgence uh, as well down the stretch. So I think that I'd be feeling good if I am invested in either of these three pieces in the passing game right now. Does not look like a situation where there's going to be much value elsewhere, but definitely exciting to see Kittle get back into the mix and give us another tight end that uh, can put up elite production. Heck yeah, man. And George Kittle, uh, he's one of the players that, I don't, I don't know if he's like must see TV, but like he, he just is, he's kind of got that Derrick Henry factor where you just know he could do something dominant on any play, even if it's just like a pancake block. So really, really like to see him um, out there healthy. And um, I know many Rotovisians also uh, pretty pumped about Brandon Ayuk's uh, recent uh, resurgence as well. So um, yeah, love, love highlighting the Niners there and good for Jimmy G too. Jimmy G is probably playing his way into a starting role elsewhere in 2022 at this point with how putrid some of the lower third uh, quarterback situations look uh, across the NFL. So um, great team to highlight there. I want to hop back to the NFC East and highlight one of the rookies who got off to a little bit of a slow start, but has really uh, been pretty special of late and seemed to have a great connection with one uh, certain elite QB, Elijah Moore in week 11, baby, 11 targets, eight reception, 141 yards and a receiving touchdown also added 15 yards on the ground on a single rush, man. Um, you know, lots of comparisons to like an Antonio Brown entering the season in terms of style of play. And, you know, you gotta be really excited about, um, Elijah Moore and his, his future in this offense. I think the team needs to continue to seek out what they have and, and Zach Wilson. And, you know, I would anticipate him being back in the lineup as early as week 12. Um, so you'd like to see that chemistry develop, but the fact that even just with like, I mean, Joe Flacco is not even like fungible, like he's below replacement <laughs> level quarterback play at this point. And to see more pop with somebody like that, if, if Wilson or anybody else can, you know, develop into, you know, even just an average NFL quarterback. I think the sky's the limit for, for more. He commanded 31.4% target share in week 11. And with the state of the, the New York jets um, wide receiver corp, I would not, you know, I, I don't think there's any reason that should change. Crowder checks in with a 20% share um, as did Corey Davis. So you know, talking about a concentrated passing attack and really the three of those guys um, getting most of the attention from, 
you know, um, I guess we can call he's a Broadway Joe part two, um, <laughs> there with, with Flacco. Uh, but yeah, yeah. More, more is the piece here. And if, if you were, uh, one of those who took our advice and, and, you know, rolled the dice on him in the later stages of your first round of your rookie draft earlier last spring, um, it's starting to pay off. Yeah. Well, it's certainly fun to see more come on. Um, as one of these players that looked like they might be able to contribute to their offense right away in their rookie season, when we looked at some of those advanced wide receiver metrics earlier on in the year, uh, if I remember correctly, we saw him do well in one or two, but was really struggling in some. We're going to have to come back now and reevaluate some of that as we're starting to see him putting together a more compelling uh, back half mm-hmm. of the season. Hopefully the Jets continue to look his way. And it's possible we might see him move up when we rank this class again, uh, heading into their sophomore year. Well, yeah, I mean, just to kind of sum it up, I mean, over his last three contests, Dave, uh, all four of his touchdowns on the year. So he scored in three straight contests, uh, scored two against the Colts uh, with a 784-2 line back on November 4th. Um, the, the Bills, obviously a very difficult matchup um, through the air for most opposing squads. Um, still managed 344-1 against Buffalo. And then, of course, the eruption at 8-141-1 against Miami. So it really seems to be um, taking that leap here in the second half of the season. Yep. And uh, at some point, we're going to have to talk about this Buffalo Bills team because this team is so confusing, man. It really is. Like, there's a lot of confusing teams this year. <laughs> yeah. Buffalo might be the most confusing. Uh, Tennessee's pretty damn confusing too. Yeah, like, that's true. The, the, Tennessee <laughs> plays to the level of their competition like nobody else. Um, <laughs> but but I mean, at least they have the excuse of not having pretty much all of their best players. The Bills have all their best players, and just you know, they've been um, madding, maddeningly inconsistent. Yes. Well, I mean. Even with a three-headed monster at running back of uh, Matt Breida, Devin Singletary, and Zach Moss, <laughs> they can't put together like a combined day of fantasy production from the back. So it's it's pretty strange. Uh, totally agree. We will save the Bills uh, catastrophe for another show this week, Dave. And then, um, yeah, uh, to those of you who were gracious enough to to write in with some questions about. Uh, contender or pretender should you go for it what types of moves you should make we will hit those questions along with any new ones uh, that we see on the timeline uh, later in the week thank you for listening to the rotoviz fantasy football show send us questions at rvffshow at gmail.com follow us on twitter at dave cabin ff and at c patrick nfl leave us a voicemail at 978-615-9214 and make sure to rate review and subscribe everyone is talking about magnesium it's all you hear about but why what do we know about magnesium Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. 
the trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.